Wrote this song while Crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? the MR Running Pains podcast. This is Aaron Saft with you. And today's episode is with another one of my physical therapist friends, Sean Simmons of Specialized Physical Therapy. Um, Sean uh, had been telling me about blood flow restriction and I'd, I'd heard about the this, uh, you know, this therapy, this treatment, um, but I didn't really know, um, you know, what it was or, or what to expect. So, um, I asked Sean if I could come for a you know a session just to kind of see what it was prior to to this podcast because um, we in this podcast we're going to talk all about blood flow restriction and uh, what it is what it does um, what you should look for if you uh, if you want to go try it because um, there are a number of things that you should know beforehand and look for when you uh, seek out the therapy. Um, so uh, I went to a session and. Uh, my kids um, went with me, and my daughter <clears throat> made a, a small video um, of me uh, during the, the the session. And uh, you know, needless to say, I was thoroughly impressed at how hard it made you work 
so quickly into the workout. Now, granted, I I, I didn't warm up. Um, I had already run, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was incredible, um, you know, the effects that I felt, um, you know, pretty quickly into this workout, about four and a half minutes into the workout. We talk about that in the podcast. But, um, you know, experiencing it, I was, I, you know, I became a believer in that, you know, this this truly can help us in our training. Um, so if you have more questions, don't hesitate to, to reach out to Sean. I'm going to put all his contact information in the show notes. Um, so, you know, we'll get to that interview in just a moment. Uh, wanted to talk about a few other things that are going on. Um, I sent out a letter, um, an email, if you will, to to all Hellbender participants and put it up on our, our Facebook page. And as I try to communicate everything that's going on as quickly as I can, uh, I met with the Run 828 Foundation um, uh, this past weekend. Um, so um, recording this on June 17th. So um, I guess that would be uh, June uh, 6th we met. Uh, excuse me, June 13th, <laughs> June 13th, we met and talked about, um, Hellbender and, uh, you know, should it go on? Uh, and I, I think we all came to the conclusion due to everything that's going on, uh, you know, beyond the uncertainty, um, the, you know, the, the problems with, um, ascertaining permits just because of, uh, the, you know, the, the various entities we work through just, you know, I, I know they had their hesitations as well. That kind of pointed us into uh, the moral compass telling us that we should just cancel the event. Um, you know, I, I just, I couldn't foresee how many events were moving to the fall. And I felt even more awful that we were stepping on already existing toes of, of those events that were already taking place and, and sucking from the same volunteer pool off of those events that were, you know, that were counting on those volunteers. So, um, so many things, you know, safety, I mean, you know, it's, it's the same reasons we keep seeing, um, races get canceled. Um, but you know, morally, ethically, I just, I could not, um, I could not have you guys, uh, training when I just, you know, I and the board, because I, I, it was not me that, that made the decision. This is uh, the board that made the final decision. Uh, that, you know, we, we need to cancel the event, um, and just let it be. So we are offering refunds to, to all runners. Um, even the people that tried to defer, we are just going to clean slate. Uh, there'll be no deferrals. Uh, you know, we don't know what the future of the event will be. So we don't want, uh, to, uh, to, you know, to, to say, you know, you can defer when we don't know if there will be an event in 2021. So, uh, we are offering referrals. We certainly appreciate the donations people are making, uh, you know, so that hopefully the race can, um, move forward and, and happen again. Um, you know, um, so we'll see what happens, um, with that. Um, so that's the update on Hellbender. Um, and people can email me running pains at gmail.com. Uh, you know, uh, and that's, uh, that's where you can, you know, let me know, um, what you would like, uh, we're offering, uh, mail a check or, uh, PayPal, um, you know, for, for refunds. And again, if you'd like to make a donation, um, we certainly appreciate that. So, um, beyond that, um, I have set a date, uh, July 11th, uh, for my FKT attempt on Art Lobe. I'm going out to scout this weekend. Um, so, um, you know, going out, uh, on the 20th, uh, with a couple buddies and we're going to, uh, do the first probably 18 to 20 miles 
excuse me, of, of, uh, the art lobe and just kind of scout it out, see what it's looking like. Um, I imagine the grass is going to get pretty high and, you know, there's going to be down trees cause we really haven't been able to do any trail maintenance. So, um, you know, there's, there's going to be that. Um, but really I'm just looking forward to, to going after it and giving it a solid effort and trying to get a PR. I've never really gone after the art lobe. So looking forward to that effort. Um, I'm reaching out to my buddies that currently hold the FKT. That would be Morgan Elliott, um, Patrick Reagan and, um, Daniel Hamilton. Um, so I'm reaching out to them, letting them know what's going on. Uh, I'm going to call it chasing giants because I mean, those guys, uh, those are some big names to, uh, to chase after. Um, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for each of them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at 42, almost 43. Um, and you know, my heyday has, has come and gone. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I still want to give it a shake and, and go after it. And if I don't get it, I don't get it, but you know, I'm looking, uh, looking, you know, forward to it. And, uh, by all means, I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to get it. Um, I believe their, their, uh, their record sits at 545. Um, I have to verify that, you know, I want to go on the, uh, the FKT website and, and just verify and, and make sure that I have everything in place to, to go after the FKT. So really looking forward to that. Um, I am going to do it supported. Um, so wife's going to crew me probably, you know, probably with my kids and, uh, probably have some, some runners run with me and, uh, just, you know, looking forward to that experience. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, we'll probably do a little bit of, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a little podcasting, um, after we finish, uh, or so we'll see. Um, so that's my FKT attempt on the art lube. And, um, I am going to have Boco, um, the Boulder, Colorado company, Boco, their hats. Uh, I've, I've been working on getting hats with them for a while. Um, they are finally on order. I have the run style and, uh, the running trucker, um, both ordered, uh, with my logo. So, uh, when I get those in, um, my athletes get first dibs, but, um, after that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put some up on the website for sale, uh, or, you know, I'll put it on Facebook and if you're interested, let me know. Um, uh, I got to find out a final price. So, you know, got some time for that, but just a heads up, um, coaching has been, has been great. Um, uh, once again, thank you guys. I, I, I seem to be picking up, you know, new athletes each week. Uh, it's, it's exciting. I'm really, uh, really enjoying working with new people and getting new challenges and, and new events, uh, that people are training for, um, you know, new distances. So it's, it's been really cool. Uh, currently I'm, I'm in a coaching seminar, um, taking a coaching seminar, um, online, um, and, uh, kind of, it's kind of nice to get some, some new ideas, some fresh ideas. Um, and, uh, I'm also, um, signed up for, um, a second seminar and a, uh, another certification, uh, Arthur Lydiard, who, um, you know, is, who's a big, big, big coach. Um, a lot of us look up to as, uh, one of the, uh, the great coaches of all time. So, um, I'm taking, uh, his, uh, uh his, foundations certification levels one and two coming up here. So, um, trying to keep learning exciting. I mean, I know really enjoying the process. Um, if you're interested, just reach out to me, uh, running pains at gmail.com. Um, or, uh, you know, visit my, uh, my website, um, sign up for my newsletter on there. Um, I put out, you know, an informative newsletter each month and, uh, you know, follow me on social media. I have the MR running pains coaching page. Um, I'm also on Strava, um, you know, I, I love reaching out to people on there. People ask me questions on there and, you know, that's, that's a really cool way to connect with people as well. 
Um, funny thing on Strava, um, I went after a segment. I have been chasing this darn segment for a long time. You know, one thing or another would come up and, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get the segment. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, the forest was closed, et cetera. But, um, the other day I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to go after this segment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good climbing segment. And, uh, so I was excited. Um, you know, it, it, it basically, uh, you make this turn and then you just shoot straight up, straight up the, you know, the climb. And, uh, I was running it, I was, you know, I was feeling good. It's like, there's been very few times where I've, I've gotten to the top cause it gets steep and rocky where I just felt like I could keep pushing and I pushed right through, ran through the end of it. And I was, you know, I was, I was like, wow, like, you know, that was, that was, that was good. That was good effort. I don't know if I got it, but, um, I'm excited to see, you know, when I upload, so, you know, I get home, I get to the upload and, uh, it doesn't show up. I was like, Oh man, what a, uh, what a bummer. But anyway, uh, such is life, right? Um, I don't know. I couldn't find the segment thereafter. So I don't know if with the, uh, with the new upgrade, if, if some old segments were, were taken down, um, if they were created by somebody that doesn't have premium, I'm not sure what the story is there. If any of you guys know, uh, you know, you can, you can say something, message me or, or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I was just, I was, you know, I was like, Oh man, after all this time, I was just, I, I just kind of laughed at it. Uh, you got to, right. But anyway, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sean Simmons on blood flow restriction. We refer to it as BFR and, uh, you know, we'll be talking to you at the end. My guest today is Sean Simmons. Uh, I want to have a good talk with him today about blood flow restriction, and uh, I want to thank him for being here. Say hello, Sean. Introduce yourself, please. Hey, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me. I am a physical therapist at Specialized Physical Therapy right here in Asheville. I've been here for almost five years now and uh, really excited about all the stuff we have to offer. Awesome, man. Um, so you had me under the cuffs last week so I could get a experience of what this was like. Um, I posted on, uh, Instagram, you know, kind of, uh, giving a teaser to this podcast here. And, uh, I mean, it was about four and a half minutes before I was like, I'm going to die on here. This is, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, this, this should be an interesting conversation. Thanks for uh, agreeing to join me here. Um, so, um, that said, why don't you go ahead and, and talk about the, what is uh, blood flow restriction and what's the protocol? What do you, what do you do with blood flow restriction? So, I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's all in the name. We're, we're uh, restricting some of the blood flow, uh, whether it's in your arms or your legs. Um, and what they found is when you do that, you kind of block the lactic acid, the stuff that makes your muscles burn from kind of getting out like it normally would. Uh, and when it does that, it signals to your brain that it might need to do some repair work. And that's great when we're trying to build muscle or endurance or anything else, because your brain's response is to release human growth hormone, um, which, you know, unfortunately a lot of athletes or pro athletes try and use illegally to, to get, get a jump on things. And this is a very legal, very natural way of boosting HGH, uh, in your system. So it's fabulous for improving strength. Um, and endurance and certainly for healing times when, when we're talking about a rehab perspective. Um, as far as a protocol goes, it, it really varies um, from person to person, just like any other workout. But 
in general, what we do is we work out at about 20% of like a one rep max, um, which is really not that much. Um, and we do about two to four sets per exercise. Again, very similar to what you would do in a gym, but at a much lower weight or resistance, uh, but we're still looking at the same strength gains and endurance gains. So it's really pretty exciting. Absolutely. Um, so you had me on, on the bicycle. Um, and so this can be done biking, um, running, I imagine rowing. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a bunch of professional rowers that have done it and gone, gone through the same fun that you did. <laughs> um, let's talk about the fun real quick. So, um, it, it's, it's very similar to, uh, as you put it, a, a blood pressure cuff, um, that you wear, uh, we wore it bilaterally. So I had it on both legs. Um, talk about that for a minute. How does, uh, how does the machine know how much, uh, pressure to put onto the, uh, the muscles being worked? Yeah. So we only use the, there are two FDA approved units out there. Uh, we have one of them and they have a Doppler ultrasound in it. Um, so it's it's actually a surgical grade tourniquet. So if you went in and had surgery, you would recognize the, the same old unit. So obviously the program's a little bit different because we don't want it to completely uh, cut off all the blood, uh, but it's the same unit and it can measure the blood flow throughout the process. And it actually adjusts the pressure. And uh, like when you were on the bike, when you were pedaling harder and your muscles were contracting more, you could hear the unit going because it was adjusting for those contractions. Um, so it makes it a lot safer because we can monitor that throughout the whole workout. And it, it was, I mean, it was absolutely fascinating because <clears throat> at first you're like, all right, this isn't so bad. And then you said, all right, now I want you to start putting in intervals. And so um, we did uh, 12 stroke pedals um, hard, you know, and then uh, 10 uh, stroke pedals easy. And at first I was like, okay, that's not so bad. But then, you know, over the, you know, just the few minutes that I was doing it, it became increasingly harder and harder. I mean, I like, I was really starting to, to draw wind, you know, just like sucking it down, just like, oh my gosh. So what's happening when that when that's going on? What, what, why am I so hard? <laughs> uh, well, so, I mean, part of it is you're not getting the same blood return that you normally do. So that's relatively important, especially in endurance uh, activities like that. Um, the other thing is that you're pretty substantially increasing lactic acid in the muscle. Um, and as you know, from all your training in the past, that definitely makes things harder. And so we're artificially increasing that even more. Um, so that all that becomes very difficult very quickly. Um, and your your body is, is working extremely hard to catch up. Right. So the best way I can explain it, just so people know what they're getting into, is if you ran an all-out 400 meters on the track and you're getting into that last straightaway where you're on the home stretch and you're trying to give it your all – and all of a sudden your legs just turn to cinder and you're sucking air. Like you're, you're never going to get it again. That's where I was at at four and a half minutes. Um, so, um, know that going into it, that it's, I mean, it's, it's a complete struggle. Um, you know, like you had talked about, you know, when you first get athletes on there, there's a certain amount of time that you put them on for Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> for, for the reasons that you're talking about right now, we, you know, we usually start people off a bit slower, um, I wanted to give you, the, you know, the experience of it and see what see what you could do with it. But yeah, we you know, we usually ramp people up um, a little, probably a little bit slower than what we did with you. Um, but uh, yeah, we we usually have people get at least accustomed to it and warmed up a bit. And um, obviously, someone that's never done it before, we usually take it a little bit easier to start so they can get that feel. Um, 
you know, especially, you know, a lot of athletes, the people that are coming in to do the endurance type training, like, like you did the other day, um, have experience with working out and know what that lactic acid burning type sensation feels like. So, um, we'll ramp them up a little bit quicker than somebody that's never done it, but, but yeah, there's a warm up involved and they usually start off kind of like you did. Uh, Again, you had a truncated routine there, but but we usually do a, you know, a bit of a warm up, and then you go into these intervals and, and it's just like any other, uh, hit workout. Um, you're trying to really push the body to make those adaptations. Um, and then again, the, the BFR really, uh, accentuates those, those gains. Absolutely. Um, so is there a standardized protocol for, um, for people like, is there something out there that, you know, the research has shown Let you, know, you start the people out with, uh, with this amount and then kind of build them up? Or is that something that's kind of left to the, the, uh, the user, um, in this case yourself? Uh, so one of the cool things about this is that the department of defense is the one that created this, this therapy anyways. So before it ever got to the public sector, we had a pile of research that we were already able to use. So, um, the strength training that we use it for is very standardized, um, you know, and there's obviously wiggle room just like anything else. But, um, you know, we do four sets and it's 30 repetitions and then three sets of 15. Um, and that's what they found is the is an appropriate volume to get the same strength gains with only 20 percent of the weight. And then for the um, cardiovascular stuff, the endurance, all that, um, there is a couple different protocols that have been that have been thrown out there um, that people are using. Uh, I know we talked about how the couple of the research articles have shown um, good increases in VO2 max. Um, And then the bigger gain was actually seen in time to exhaustion. So, you know, you're talking about your legs turning into cinders and um, that's where this has been shown to be really beneficial in endurance athletes. Um, So yes, the, the short answer is that there, there are a number of protocols out there for, various types of athletes and, and, you know, the specific goals that you're going for. Is, is there a certification that one has to have in order to, to do this or is it something done by medical professionals? How does that work? Yeah. So um, if you want to get one of the FDA approved ones, which uh, personally would be the only ones I'd recommend uh, because they're the ones with the Doppler ultrasound um, and the ones that you're able to monitor the blood flow constantly and consistently, uh, you do need to be a medical provider. You do need to take a certification to get it. Um, and, uh, you're actually not even allowed to purchase the equipment without proof of completing the course. Um, there's stuff out there like, um, voodoo floss and stuff like that, um, that a lot of, uh, athletes and strength training people have used in the past. Um, and those are effective. Uh, but again, you can't monitor everything as closely and, you know, if you're messing with the blood flow, it's not something I'd be comfortable doing. Right. Th- those are more like a, uh, a self, um, yep. you know, self wrap. Yeah, yep. yeah. Gotcha. Um, so that all said, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about the benefits. Are there any, um, you know, potential side effects or, or health risks that are involved with this therapy? Um, yeah. So the, the idea is that we screen everyone appropriately for that. So anybody with various types of blood diseases, anyone that has had blood clots in the past, um, any kind of heart issues, cancers, that kind of thing, um, we screen out and they're not going to be appropriate for it just because of the risk. Um, but otherwise what they found is that it's actually, I mean, pretty darn safe, which is why, why it's available in the public sector now, not just still the DOD. So, 
Um, there are obviously a few risk factors because we are occluding some of the blood flow, um, but the but we do have a screening process, and you know people go through and we go through a past medical history and stuff like that um, to make sure that it's safe to do. Nice, perfect. Um, and how often does one do um, a BFR section? So the cool thing with the BFR is that you can do it as many times as you do any other workout. Um, again, we're working out at 20% of a rep of a one rep max. So you're not actually going to get the same delayed onset muscle soreness that you normally would with like heavy lifting or something. So, um, you can use it as often as you would regularly work out. Okay. Very good. So, uh, it would be more like, um, as often as you do an interval session, correct? Uh, yeah. So if we're talking about endurance, um, right. then yes. Yeah. Uh, if lifting, you know, it's just up to how many times they lift per week. Yeah. And, and I, again, it's just like any other routine. I, I wouldn't tell you to do BFR every time you worked out. I, I think the variability in, in workouts is critically important. So this is really just a component of that variability. Something to add to the tool chest. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about it, but the, you know, it's really nice for people that are in season um, just because it doesn't create that same muscle soreness that, you know, a traditional workout might. So uh, it does add some of that variability, which is nice. Uh, something that we had talked about earlier, I wanted to touch back on was the, um, the, the, the two cuffs. Um, you had said that some people just use one cuff. Um, I imagine it would be a much longer workout <laughs> if you had to switch it over to the other leg, right? And then that's pretty yeah. much why you're using the two cuffs. So when people are looking, they're looking for a person that's going to use the two cuffs at the same time. Is there anything else that they should be looking for? Uh, well, again, the, the FDA approved units, because uh, it's not, you know, there's not a law saying you have to use the FDA approved units. Um, I personally just feel more comfortable using it because of the, the monitoring that's that's available on one of those, one of those units versus just, um, you know, educated guessing with, with the bands. Right. Um, so I wouldn't use one of those. Um, I personally, especially for the endurance athlete, like the, the dual cuff, just if for no other reason, then it dramatically reduces the workout time. Um, and again, if we're looking at a response from the body, we're going to build up more lactic acid if both legs or arms are cuffed. So, um, I think that you'll get more more benefit out of more effect out of it. Cool. And you, you had mentioned that we uh, we're not going to have as much delayed muscle onset soreness um, with uh, with the blood flow restriction session. Um, so you know we do this session um, afterwards. Can we still expect to feel like fatigue? Um, yeah. Are we, yeah, we're still going to feel. Oh yeah, you'll you'll definitely you'll definitely still feel fatigue. You will not feel like you've wasted your time. Um, uh, but again, the, the muscle soreness itself is traditionally much lower just because of the lower load that you place on the body. And and that session would take the place of a running session for that day. So you wouldn't go out and still do another run thereafter. It would probably be. Correct. You're, you're, you're going to get the cardiovascular benefit you're looking for the day for sure. Right on. Gotcha. Um, uh, let's see. But, I mean, um, if you do, I mean, it's not like you're, you're too fatigued. It's like you couldn't do a run, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. The benefits yes. are going to be there in that workout. Right. So you wouldn't have to go out, you know, necessarily. I mean, there's people that are obsessed with their mileage. So they may, may want to go out and get a, a few more miles in. But um, yeah, if, if you've done your BFR for the day, you wouldn't have to go out and do another interval session because that's pretty much what you just did. Your cardiovascular system will have worked out very right. efficiently. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, so is there any time period in one's training um, that this would be um, more effective? I mean, obviously it's, it's an interval. So, um, you, know, I, would, you know, would we be doing this in the base phase as well or just in kind of the work phase, um, kind of pre, uh, if you will, race season, you know, kind of pre-taper, if you will? Yeah. So, uh, well, that, I mean, that goes back to one of the earlier questions on and on the protocols that are involved and stuff. So you, you absolutely can do it in that base phase. The protocols are different because because just like anything else, the, the phase is different and your goals for that phase are different. Um, so the protocol is a little bit different and the approach is uh, changed. Uh, but then, you know, like you experienced the, that ramping up phase uh, pre preseason, pre event um, can be very effective as well. So, um, you can use it just about anywhere as long as the, the programming, just like any other workout, if the programming is appropriate. Um, and again, even in season, uh, because of the lower load that you place on, on the muscles in the body, you, you do have some flexibility there as well. And that's where a lot of the pro athletes are starting to really catch on to that just because in, in the past, you don't do a lot. You don't do as much of that high volume, high load type stuff in season because you're going to be too sore and too tired and all that stuff to peak at the right time. Um, and this is allowing us to get some of those strength gains without that problem. Um, as far as detrimental, I, I, again, I think it all comes down to the programming. If you're, if you're doing an organized uh, periodized schedule and you're ramping at the right time and um, taking time off at the right time, then, then I wouldn't say it's any more detrimental than, than anything else as long as programming is good. Cool. Cool. Um, so, I mean, this obviously has um, benefits for somebody that has a running injury because they can kind of cross train, right? So we could use yeah. this um, in cycling. Um, and um, so we've already talked, there's really nothing risk wise. So as long as the other activity, this would be, you know, fine to use as the other activity isn't bothering the injury, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you've got a runner that is having like Achilles pain is one of the things I use it for today. And, uh, the lady can't do long distances running, but she's perfectly comfortable going nuts on a bike. Um, then you can throw the BFR on and have her do a really good intense session on the bike. So she's not losing all those um, cardiovascular gains uh, that, you know, are critically important in an endurance athlete. So um, it is, it's been really nice as far as that goes, um, just because, you know, you can bike, uh, row, do, you know, do anything else. I can't really swim with it, but, um, other than that, uh, you can choose another, a uh, activity as long as it's not bothering the injury and you really can do a nice job, um, maintaining a lot of stuff while recovering, which is a really nice tool for us as physical therapists. Um, let's just talk about the injuries for a second. Um, and depending on where the injury is, let's say we had a, um, a lower, um, you know, a lower appendage to the, let's say the leg, um, let's say I had a calf injury, right? So the, the cuff, when I did it, they were all my quadriceps. Um, now we're, we're getting blood flow restriction down to that area. You know, is there a potential that that could, um, you know, light up that injury because the, the blood's not getting to it? Have you had any experience with anybody having a problem with that or? No. So the, the, the one time that someone said that blood flow restriction had irritated like a calf injury or something, uh, it turns out that they had done it themselves and they had placed uh, a band around their calf muscle and the rubbing had irritated it, which is not a surprise there. Um, so the, the 
the cuffs for the BFR are going to be all the way up, as far up on the hip as you can get it. Um, so there's going to be no rubbing or anything on, on that. Um, and the blood flow restriction is temporary. Um, so yeah, it, you know, if you did that for a long period of time, then that can create some some issues. But the we're never going over, you know, a few minutes really. The most of the time we're doing eight to ten minute intervals at, at most. Um, so you're you don't have that risk of not getting enough blood flow to an area. Um, so if anything, it, the, you know, the return is that you get lots of HGH, which is great if you're trying to heal muscle or tendons or anything else. So perfect. perfect. That answered my next question. Um, and if, uh, if someone's looking to try blood flow restriction, um, but they don't have access to your clinic, um, what questions, we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but what questions should they ask the clinic to make sure they're getting the most out of a session? Yeah, well, the, again, the the FDA approved systems. I mean, you definitely have to have that um, because again, the other ones are kind of guesswork and and or educated guesswork at least, um, and you run the risk of creating damage. And to your point, not letting enough blood get in. I mean, there's a reason why we have a specific percentage that we monitor throughout the workout. Um, so that's really the big thing. Uh, you know, if somebody's offering BFR. You know, just make sure it's one of the, the two FDA approved units and, and you should be in good shape. And you had mentioned that there was a certification that you had to go through to be able to operate that machine. Um, is that like public uh, knowledge that they have that certification or can you ask if they have that certification? Is that something that's... Oh, yeah. You can absolutely ask. Um, the, the websites usually have it on there. Those, it's not something you're just going to randomly know. Oh, I'll look up Sean on this BFR site. Um, but everybody should, you know, we're all required to have our certificates and all that kind of stuff. So you can always ask. Um, What's that certification called? So the, the one that I use is called the Owens recovery system. Um, and they, uh, he was one of the, the guys that really brought it on onto the stage. That's kind of the, the main one right now. Um, and they list all their providers on their website, um, just to make sure for that reason, really. So people can look them up and see where, where their providers are. Thank you. And um, so uh, prior to the session, I I had no idea what I was getting into <laughs> when I walked into your clinic and you're like, oh, you're wearing flip flops. I was like, yeah, like what, what are we doing? I had no clue. So <laughs> like, yeah, because I didn't know we were, we were going to actually run like I, you know, I just thought this was something you laid on a table and, uh, you know, but uh, you actually got me, you know, onto the bike and got going. So I, you know, I understood what was going on. <laughs> um, aside from having shoes and being prepared to run or bike, um, is there anything else a person can do to be prepared for a session? Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, uh, probably not that. That's probably not the way we do it most of the time. Um, no, I, you know, we, we usually do a normal workout. If, if someone comes in cold, you know, especially our younger athletes that are getting dropped off after school or something, we'll take them through a proper uh, warm up first. Um, and really, really get the blood flowing, uh, before we go and restrict it again. Um, but no, there, there's nothing specific. Um, you know, they, there's no recommendations for increased, um, hydration or any kind of nutrients above what you already normally do for, for a good workout. Um, and the same thing goes for after a workout, the, the recommendations are basically the same. Um, we usually like a pretty solid cool down and, um, you know, obviously everyone should be well hydrated and that kind of thing. So uh, nothing specific, um, just, you know, your normal stuff for a big workout. And, uh, you know, given warm up the BFR session and cool down about how long should a person anticipate a session lasting? 
It's about an hour. About an hour. Um, you know, we do the warm up, then you have the intervals through throughout the session, and then we have a pretty solid cool down, and it all wraps up around an hour. Okay, cool. Um, anything else that we're missing on uh, on blood flow restriction? No, I mean the you know we're obviously your your podcast and, and what you guys are talking about is uh, you know high high functioning endurance athletes. Um, but the cool thing for us and for any injury, even in the elite athletes here is that, you know, we can start rehab and get a lot of gains much earlier in the process. Um, because, you know, you're talking about your calf muscle there. There are a lot of times when, uh, you have a sore muscle, torn muscle, you know, sprain, strain, whatever, and it hurts to load it. Um, even though all of the, the research is saying, Hey, we need to load this to make it better. Um, and so rehab and recovery can be delayed a bit because you can't load it as much as you want. Um, well, the BFR, we can say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to load you at only 20% and you're going to get the same strength gains. So rehab and the recovery is accelerated. Um, and especially for athletes that that's a really awesome thing because you can get, get back on your feet much quicker. Um, and you know, we're, we had an ACL tear today and, so she's only a week out of surgery and she's already doing leg lifts and stuff, but I've got the BFR on her because, you know, I can't, I can't load her more than that at the moment um, because of the surgery she had. So it really accelerates that recovery process. So, uh, you know, if you're injured, the, this is amazing for, for speeding that along. Awesome. Um, so it's been great. Very cool. Awesome. Um, thank you. And then to finish it out, just, uh, just some questions for you. Um, there's a, uh, um, I, I always like to hear other people's perspectives. Are there any therapies um, that you feel um, that are out there right now that you could say, don't waste your time and money on um, yeah, anything you want to debunk right now? I, oh. I always like to hear people hear, hear what they have to say. <laughs> That's a loaded question, man. No, I'll qualify this with um, if something feels good and you think that it's helping, I think that it's beneficial. Um, in general, what what the research is showing is that if it's something that's passive, it's not going to be as beneficial as something that's more active. Your body is made to move, and it's it wants to move. So you know, if you have an injury and you say all I really want is someone to you know work on my muscles and do this gentle stuff and move me around and all that kind of stuff, you know that that's okay. And if that helps, then then that's great. But at the end of the day, the research shows that the more active you are and loading the tissue and all that kind of stuff, that's what's going to be beneficial. Um, so, you know, there's a variety of things out there that people try. At the end of the day, you got to load it and you got to work for it, unfortunately. <laughs> Excellent. That's a good neutral answer. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite book or resource to suggest to runners? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of great books. Um, obviously, the best resource is going to be a physical therapist. Right. I mean, no, no, I mean, but seriously, I mean, we're, we're doctorally trained uh, movement specialists. Um, we take people that are brand new to exercise all the way to being professional athletes. Uh, we do a ton of strength and conditioning. You don't need to be injured to see us. You don't need to even be in pain to see us. Um, to, you know, we're the, we're the movement specialists. We, we enjoy any kind of any kind of movement. Um, but and then as far as the books go, um, I love the 80 20 running. I've had a lot of athletes that have come in and really enjoyed that book and have found it very useful. Um, and then there's a book that probably came out maybe eight or 10 years ago called the first 20 minutes um, and really dove into 
um, kind of the the new the new wave of thinking in exercise science and how you can apply that directly to the normal person, the everyday athlete, um, and the elite athletes. And it was really good. It's really concise. Uh, not a lot of people, or not as many people, have read that one, but it's a good book. Right. I hadn't heard of that one. Eighty twenty is Matt Fitzgerald, but uh, do you know who wrote the first twenty minutes by chance? I knew you were going to ask me. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but okay, I, I can get that for you. That's okay. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. Right. Um, awesome, man. Well, again, thanks for your time. Um, thanks for making me breathe really heavy and hurt and <laughs> wonder why, why I chose to do that. But no, uh, it was, yeah. you know, it, it is amazing. I, I believe you as, as uh, you know, as a person of experience through that, it's, it's definitely going to do what it's saying to do. So, uh, you know, I encourage the listeners to, to, to give it a try because, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really going to help others kind of creep that max VO2 up. Uh, especially, you know, like athletes that are, uh, have been in this for a long haul, like myself that like, you know, we're, you know, we're looking at a point or two on our VO2 max and getting gains. Uh, you know, I think this is going to help us creep up a little bit beyond what we could typically do in, in our typical interval sessions. So, um, so that said, um, Sean, where can, uh, people find you and, uh, how can they get in touch with you? So, uh, our website is, uh, specialized nc.com. Uh, there are now four of us. We have a clinic in Hendersonville, um, right off of Main Street. There is one in Candler on Sand Hill Road and one on Merriman Road under the Steinmark. Um, and then I'm located right next to Publix on Hendersonville Road, uh, just up from FootRx. Um, and our, like I said, our website specializednc.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram, both at Specialized NC. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. We can answer any questions you got. We've got BFR material on the website. We've got it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We absolutely love it. And it, uh, we look forward to talking to you about it. And your emails on the website as well. Yeah. All of our emails, um, fax number, phone number, whole nine yards. Excellent. I uh, thank you, my friend. And, uh, thanks for the time and all the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank Sean Simmons once again for joining us. Uh, he can be found at uh, www.specializednc.com. Again, I'll put that on the show notes. Um, Sean is, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a great resource, great person to reach out to. Blood flow restriction, just a really cool way to uh, increase your max VO2, you know, get up a few points when, uh, when you know, others, there's, yeah, it's, it's, you're doing short, intense intervals to try to increase it otherwise. Uh, but, you know, this is a, it's a simple, you know, 10 minute workout every once in a while can help, you know, bump up your VO2 a few points. So, uh, check it out. Um, you know, do a little bit of research. As Sean said, you know the the cuffs that he uses, the pressurized cuffs that he uses. That's the way to go. Um, so, um, you know, be careful of other ways because they don't really know how much restriction they're truly putting on you. Um, but you know, look into it. Ask the questions Sean talked about, and uh, I hope you uh, you get good information out of the episode. Thank you once again for joining us. Um, please follow me on socials. Uh, review. Uh, and like this podcast, if you would, helps others uh, get to listen to this and gets the word out there. Um, you know, follow the, my YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube channel is under Aaron Saft. And, uh, 
Anyway, I want to thank you guys for your time, for your ears, for your patience, for your love, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. (laughs) 